I'm Mark Sullivan. I'm Delilah Lugo. I'm Jason Kwasnicki. And we're here to reap the spoils. This is a uh, a podcast based around spoiling a video game entirely, but we want to deep dive and, and talk about that game. So if you have not played the game that this episode is centered around, please don't listen to this episode unless you really don't care about spoiling it. Um, the game we are talking about today is... Jason, do you wanna do you wanna do the honors? Resident Evil Two. Yeah, that's that's the Remake. one. <laughs> oh yeah, specifically, <laughs> technically, I was yes. Hoping they would put that in the title when I first logged in the play, and it just wasn't there, and I was upset. Yeah, that was a little bit of a bummer, right? That 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 was that was pretty unfortunate, given given Resident Evil's a. Uh, history but then again like seven didn't do that either anyway we'll, we'll we'll get there the first thing i want to start off with is just what the premise of the show is um just just to really dive into it since this is the first episode of reap the spoils this show is going to have every episode pick a game and really dive deep into it story gameplay music everything everything the game has to offer we have to talk about so like i said at the top of the show if you haven't played that game and you really want to i suggest skipping this episode or putting it in your back pocket for the time being and playing that game coming back listening to us uh talk at you for an hour or however long the episode goes for so that being said who are we we are dead cell media yeah (laughs) um we have been on a hiatus for a while this is the first thing we're coming back with um in what almost a year guys right about. Yeah, it's it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, we had analog report, took a break, did some E three predictions. I think Jason won. That bastard. Yeah, I always win. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true, and I have the scores to prove it. <laughs> the only thing that's factual is I always lose. <laughs> <laughs> that might be true, but you do have the ballsiest predictions. But anyway, that's uh, that, that's besides the point. That's why I, that's why I always win because I'm. I don't know what you our swearing pick... policy is going to be, but right. well, we'll, we'll, I make pussy predictions. We'll get more into this uh, come E3 time this year, but that's who we are. That's what the show is. Let's get started. So, Resident Evil 2, that's a video game. It certainly yeah. is a video game. I um, would hope it would be. I would hope so, too. I played it, so we all played it. And it's worth noting that Mark is going to make some comparisons to the OG Resident Evil 2. I am because it's I mean, it's important. It's a it's a remake. You know, I I feel like there's there's a lot of value in talking about its stature as a remake. You know, it's you know what I'm saying, especially considering how different it in terms of its relation to the original, how different it is than the first remake they did, which is pretty much just a one for one updated Compared yeah. to this, which is almost an entirely different game. No, absolutely. In, so, in, in some respects. Yeah, for sure. So let's go ahead and, and dive into the history of the the original a little bit, just to get some background. Um, the original Resident Evil 2 that came out on the PlayStation 1 in 1998. Actually, almost day and date. It came out on January 21st, 1998. The remake came out on the 25th, right? believe so. Oh yeah, I have it in my notes. Yes, the 25th. <laughs> We have notes, guys. Um, Your notes are not are not entirely trustworthy, though, because you said you said the twenty fifth of two thousand eighteen. 
which would have been oh 2019 yeah um, yeah <laughs> I, I i apologize I, I my mind was thinking oh wouldn't it be cool if it was the 20th anniversary and not the 21st like some sort of weird number mm-hmm. come on mark it's like resident come evil on. 2 is old enough to drink anyway <laughs> Yeah, so it came out in 1998, and it was ported like to PC, N64, Dreamcast. Uh, it was ported all over the place. Oh, and the, and the GameCube. That was the, the latest one. So the last time we really saw uh, Resident Evil 2 on anything was uh, 2003. And fun fact, it, originally the entire game was scrapped. What's right. like known as, uh, what's known as Resident Evil 1.5, that whole game was pretty much scrapped because... The supervisor, Yoshiki Okamoto, found the game to be too conclusive, which kind of tied in with what Shinji Mikami wanted to do to begin with, was he wanted the series to just be over. He wanted to end Mm. it. It's important to note that the original Resident Evil kind of, like, saved Capcom at a really shitty time for them. Yeah. Especially as the industry was moving to 3D. And Capcom, obviously, you know know them for, like, Street Fighter, etc., etc., 2D games, and... They really needed something to move them forward, so they they wanted shit out of this bitch. It's kind of similar to what Resident Evil 2 remake did for Capcom this year, and then like yeah. Devil May Cry 5 right after. Like this is a really strong th- year for Capcom. I mean, I'd say I'd say the past few years have been really strong. You know, let's, well, yeah, when we started with Monster Hunter, that's let's right. push uh, let's push uh, Street Fighter Five aside and and go ahead and say you know yeah, Mon- yeah. Monster Hunter World for sure, uh, Resident Evil Seven before this Resident Evil Capcom been they've been going strong, but yeah, they were going strong back then too. They they released the first Resident Evil, and not only did it you know save them, it threw the whole survival horror genre in, into a whirlwind success. Spawning, you know, other other big survival horror games. You know, Konami put out Silent Hill, I believe, in '99. You know that that era was was pretty good for horror franchises. But anyway, 1.5 as as two was originally called before before it got all all got scrapped. Um, did you guys? I I kind of forgot about this. Hideki Kamiya directed the original mm-hmm. of of Platinum Games fame. Yes. Does uh well well the reason um. Uh... He would eventually move over because I, I don't know if you want to jump into the future post RE2, but he would work on what was originally going to be Resident Evil 4, and that project would be scrapped and would become a game some people might have heard of called Devil May Cry. Right. And of course, a lot of those people would then move on, including Kamiya, to form Platinum Games. Right. And it's also important to note that Resident Evil 2 was almost remade a long time ago, right after Remake 1 was released, but was tabled in in favor of focusing on Resident Evil 4, which we all know and love dearly and have played way too many times and have bought way too many (laughs) times. Yeah, but I've owned it, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, I think six platforms I've owned it on. (laughs) And if I uh, if I ever get myself a Switch, I'm gonna get it on Switch. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! But anyway, fast forwarding the official remake of Resident Evil 2 that we know and love today was confirmed and announced in August 2015 with a very uh, I don't know how to describe that that announcement video. That is the director with the shirt that said "We do it." <laughs> and he opened his jacket to show it said "We do it." 
Dude, I fucking love the Japanese. For, for such a weak announcement, it had so much hype behind it. I feel like no one had any complaints about a TV screen with just Resident Evil 2 remake on it and a man with a jacket and a t- white t-shirt that said, we do it on it. But <laughs> that was announced in in August 2015, and we finally got our first look at it at E3 2018 and finally have it in our hands uh, as of about two months ago by the time this goes up. And it was game of the show. It was. Yeah. That's right. It was game of the show. It was wildly well-received, even pre-release, and wildly well-received post-release, which is kind of why we're doing our first episode of Reap the Spoils on that game today. So, let's get into it, shall we? Yes. Yes, we shall. All right. What'd you guys think? It is <laughs> probably going to be my game of the year. I mean, it is yes. thus yes. far. <laughs> My game of the so year. So far, um, we're not going to spoil Kingdom Hearts three, but of the of the two games that were coming out this year, like in the in the first quarter at least for me, um, it was definitely between Kingdom Hearts three and Resident Evil two that uh, how I would prioritize my time, and I kind of almost regret putting Resident Evil two off for for the few weeks I I did to get through Kingdom Hearts three because I like it a hell of a lot more than I than I did. Like it more than Kingdom yes. Hearts three, or you're still no, no, no. Okay, I, yeah, yes. yeah. I, I, I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> but it takes bits and pieces from every from every past, like recent Resident Evil, the the pieces that worked well, that worked best, and and melded them into just a just a smooth, fun, replayable as hell experience. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's this game in a in in a nutshell. If you had to describe it in one sentence, it is. Everything that they've learned that has been successful in this series up to this point. It's pretty impressive that they can still have the scariest games ever made. Like this, I I would say at one point it was like Outlast and I was kind of moving away from being scared of the Resident Evil series. But Resident Evil 2 is by far the scariest game I've ever played. You're not you're not scared of punching boulders, Delilah. That's not, that's not scary to you. Hey man, don't make fun. <laughs> you you wasted you wasted all that time with a bunch of dudes and with keyblades oh, in, in Disney worlds and you know there's like three ansoms and you don't know which one's which. <laughs> so don't be making fun of my, you know, Dragon hey, Ball Z. I I love I love Resident Evil 5 so so much. Lots of there's lots of history with me in that game, but it wasn't scary. Resident Evil stopped being scary for so so long. Yes, and yes. and seven was a good return to form. Yeah, like a really good. You know, we're gonna go back to the horror and survival horror, and this solidifies that. You know, so let's start with the story. How, what did we think of the story? How how did we feel about the continuity and in, in 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 the surrounding series? I don't know how long it's been since you guys have played Resident Evil One. If you played the remake, oh, it's been like decades. Okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but even even then, like how it fits in, like even with Resident Evil Four. You know, Resident Evil Four was my first Resident Evil. Um, oh. and I played, when I played that, like, I didn't know who Leon was. I didn't know who Ada was. I knew there was some history there playing the original Resident Evil 2 recently. And now this remake, I now have that backstory. And this does a better job, in my opinion, than the original did in kind of fleshing out that 
antagonistically playful relationship they have, especially in four and you know going on later in the series. Well, I think a lot of that personally has to do with the performances by the uh, voice actor and voice actress. Yes, because as we remember from early early PS one games in general, and and especially the uh, first few Resident Evil games, the performances were not great. <laughs> yes, especially the uh, in Resident Evil one the real time cutscenes. Oh yeah, that real live action opening everyone looking at the camera like all shocked as a dog jumps at <laughs> which, them <laughs> I, which granted i think it's part of the charm of the series overall that it's always been this like kind of b-movie mm-hmm. uh it's an evil corporation out to take over the world and they just happen to have decided to do it through zombie viruses it's one of the things i love the most about it at the same time I really like how they've taken that B-movie feel and almost made it serious. Yeah, it's sort of... In, like, 7 and and now 2. It started with, like, heavy, heavy layers of camp and slowly but surely progressed to embrace that. Like, it almost started like it was taking itself a little too seriously and eventually stopped doing that and it did it for the better, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And that's that's still definitely true of this remake, although it did it a lot more organically and it, it comes off a lot better. One thing that yeah. stands out to me is during like Claire's sequence when you're going into the orphanage and you're going to find Sherry. I, I don't remember that being in the old game. Correct me if I'm that's wrong, That's because it's completely new. Okay, it's yeah. completely, so I felt like that was a nice way to connect the fact that, like, spoiler, Sherry is, is the, what's this chick's name that works at Umbrella Corps? Annette. Right. That's her daughter, basically. And it's just not like this little girl showed up and like they're figuring this stuff out. Like it it was like a journey to get there. And uh, even the like orphanage, like what do you call the people that foster father? I don't I don't even know what they're called. But like he was like creepy in his own right. Yeah, and, and I thought that was a nice way to connect that that backstory of in, Sherry. In general, the way they added to the tertiaries, secondary, whatever you want to call it, characters like is it Marvin? Marvin. Marvin, yeah. Marvin, yeah. The way they, they didn't like go, you know, crazy in terms of fleshing them up, but they added a little more. Overall, it, it just felt more cohesive, like you were saying, the way they added it and connected it. And, you know, it, it especially, especially after you play through on your second run and you get to that final, final ending and kind of the three of them, you know, walking down the road and like that kind of, it was like a victory. I don't even, yeah. But the, the song that plays in the background, it feels like the end of a movie. Like, Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If it, it just feels like a more cohesive story, yeah, for sure. To double back to a lot of what you're talking about, the orphanage. Yeah, you play as a segment on Leon's campaign where you play briefly as Ada, and during Claire's, there's a segment where you play briefly as Sherry. And in the original, they were the exact same sequence. Mm-hmm. It was like a, it was an area that you had to go and collect one of the keys and bring it back, but you guys got separated, and mm-hmm. there was like a really minor, easy puzzle to solve involving some blocks. But that that was it. It was the same scenario or it was the same situation for both characters they're completely different in this one the ada the ada scenario is a, is a little similar because it happens the exact same way leon gets shot she takes care of him and then goes on to try to find a net but completely new like scenario in terms of the environment, the the, the the end goal, the tools used. Yeah, they made it like a little puzzle sequence, yeah. which I really liked. Yeah. And really leaned into her being a spy with that hacking tool she had. Meanwhile, Sherry's Sherry's segment, you know, there was nothing about an orphanage in, in the original. Really, yeah. 
in the original, you, there's not really a moment where you go step outside into the city. Mm-hmm. And I do like those moments they added and then fleshed out further with the little DLC add-ons. Like the one moment that stood out to me in particular, I actually, I don't remember if they added this or if it was in the original. I don't remember it from back in the day, but when you are out in the city and you go through, I think it's like a gun shop and there's that father Robert with Kendo. Yeah. yeah. And he basically has got to fucking put down his daughter, basically. Like that was like an actually impactful moment. And I don't remember the last time you've had that in Resident Evil. That too was new. The yeah. whole the whole thing with Kendo, even in the main campaign, in the original, you actually go to Kendo's gun shop at the very beginning of your A scenario, I believe. It's like one of the first zones you enter while running through the uh, the burning zombified streets of Raccoon City. Right. You uh, mm-hmm. take shelter okay. in there. He almost shoots you. He winds up getting mauled by zombies. It's actually the first opportunity you can get the shotgun too. Oh wow! Yeah. If you if you kill all the zombies that are eating him, you can you can go to his corpse and take a shotgun. Right. So win win. <laughs> I know nice some people know. that didn't even get the shotgun because they didn't get all the pieces needed to like the key card and whatever. Uh, and I was like, ah, oh, that sucks. Yo, what what noobs? Come on. <laughs> I was like, don't worry, you can go back, it's fine. To be fair, if I mean, if you could finish the game, you know, with, you know, as minimal as minimal things as, uh, as possible, I mean, that's kind of an achievement in yeah. its own right. But it won't be minimal, because you'll have either a minigun or a, a freaking, what is it, a rocket? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. Yeah. At least by the certain point at the end game. There's one thing I do, I do want to, criti- well, I hate calling it a criticism, because it's not really their fault. It was really hard for me to get over the new voice actor for Leon. I think it was a new voice actor. (laughs) It certainly certainly was not RE4 Leon. And it wasn't, I believe Matthew Mercer voiced him in 6, and it wasn't Matthew Mercer this time around either. They keep changing Leon's voice actor. Mm. I mean, granted, in terms of tonally in his writing, they definitely changed him for the better of the story compared to, like, Secret Agent Man that he was in RE4. It makes sense because this is him, you know, he's much younger, he's... He's you know, never it's his first day on, it's his first day on the job yeah. as a police officer he's he's a naive kid the only thing it wasn't too much the voice acting that bothered me but like claire and leon are very stupid like if you really like <laughs> listen to them like claire she comes in she's they like are. They what's are. wrong with you like talking to the zombies like they're undead oh, he... like why are you keep saying what's wrong with you this is not a human yeah the repeated voice lines uh when, yeah when something enters the room or or you yeah you you shoot it once in the head i that i think that's just more a flaw of it's more a flaw of the game itself not like their actual characters it's it's the resident evil camp yeah of course it's, it's yeah like that i get first, it it's like that first scene when you first meet a ganado in re4 and leon's like freeze and he's yeah, got a fucking right. like i said freeze about to... <laughs> yes exactly exactly that's the other thing like leon takes his job very seriously and he's he's like no matter what's going on around him in the world like it's all about him being a policeman a police and like officer. going by the law yeah like i was like you're a professional for sure absolutely but claire like she was like oh i'm gonna go find my brother oh okay my brother's on vacation i guess i'll just hang out in this police <laughs> station you know infested by zombies whatever or maybe <laughs> Maybe she just really wanted Leon. Who knows? I don't. I was hoping they would change it so that Chris Redfield would like show up at the end, but didn't get my wish. Another yeah. thing I do want to bring up is the entire opening sequence was new. Yes, the, the going to the gas station and acted almost as a mini, a miniature tutorial just to get used to the, like the bare, bare basics. But it was mm-hmm. really, really well done. It really helped set the tone like right off the bat. It was and. and 
I shouldn't say it's completely new. They, like, Leon and, and Claire run into each other in, like, a very, very similar way in the original. It's not quite the same. It's not, like, a derelict gas station outside of the main town. But it was still, it, it, it was good to make that playable, and it was good tonally, atmospherically. Pretty much everything about it was just really well done. Was that pervy picture still there in the original? Uh, I don't remember <laughs> there being a pervy picture oh, really? in the original. Like, I, this, I, gun, this gun's... I kind of don't want to. Kind of don't want to see that in the original because it would just basically be you know three polygons on one yeah, square. Right. You know, I don't know how well that would translate. Like right. triangle boobs. Honest, yeah. Honestly, on, on on a PlayStation One, you might look at that and just think, "Oh, look at that modern art." Oh, it's. <laughs> but again, going back to like how they did a good job of making everything more cinematic and connecting it, I did like how they opened just it, it just opened on the trucker, you know, eating his fucking sandwich yeah, like yeah. a slop and running over the girl and then that plays in later when he becomes a zombie himself and just drives the fucking truck into into the street and blows it up yeah and that whole and that and that opening was much more action-packed yes with uh, within how they get separated from that crash all around very strong very strong opening and and overall i think we i think we can agree the story was pretty well done there is one thing i want to ask you though before we move on away from the story um there was a particular note that was in the star's office when you open up the armory uh and it was from chris redfield saying like he's on vacation and like he he has like a crush on some girl and you know he he won't make it he won't make it back or something like that and it was kind of like a subtle way of them saying that he knows what's going on and like he's doing something about it did they have that kind of thing in the original or i think that was a nod towards code veronica i might be mistaken but i think that's what they were trying to accomplish with that note right because code veronica does take place in europe and it does involve chris and claire redfield so i think that's what they were trying to hint at i'm not gonna say that i think they're gonna remake code veronica i think that's way low on the totem pole of urgency it wouldn't get the same attention as two i also think it's just not nearly as necessary as we'll get into it later but remaking resident evil 3 now but before we move on like anything else regarding the story no i mean it wasn't like mind-blowing but they did a good job of humanizing it more making it more cinematic making it feel more like you know you're playing an action adventure movie adding like obviously the game is still on we'll you know we're gonna start moving into this it's still a a pretty terrifying game. Yes. And the gameplay does a good job of amplifying the intensity. But at the same time, the way they did the story elements and tied everything together, it was like adding a drop of Die Hard to to your Resident Evil 2, I guess is the best way I would put it. Really, I, I sh- yeah, and I shouldn't even say that we're going to move on from story elements because the more we delve into, you know, the gameplay and, you know, things we want to talk about mainly in the game, we're, more of that story is going to unravel in our conversation. So, really, let's talk about how fucking scary this game was my god i it, it's funny because I, I i actually just lent the game to a friend of mine and he was you know he started it this week and he was telling me about his experience and the first time mr x shows up i had no idea what the fuck was going on <laughs> I, when the helicopter when he grabs the helicopter and throws it out of the building <laughs> i was just like fuck <laughs> I was just like, I had no idea. And yeah, he t- <laughs> like he he told me that, and this this exact same thing happened happened to me. At one point, he went to the lobby, or I should just I could just talk as myself. I went I went to the lobby, and you know, there's a save point there. There there's an item box. You know, you think you're safe, but you're not. 
you're not you're not mm-hmm. you're not safe yeah i didn't realize he can come out there mm-hmm. that that fucking freaked me out was he able to come out there in the original i feel like i don't remember that i don't even remember much of that's him. the thing that's and that, that's the thing i'm pretty sure from from my playthrough that that he really only shows up in scripted sections it's not mm-hmm. like it's not like what was introduced in resident evil 3 where you had a persistent enemy, you know? And, and to be fair, Statute of Limitations is up on a game that's 20 years old. Nemesis is a persistent enemy that can just show up whenever he fucking feels like it. Right. Mr. X back then, I don't I don't think, was the same way. Because I, no. I played through Claire's B scenario at the very least, and there's only a handful of sections where he popped out and I wasn't expecting it. Right. But that's about it. And, and and it was always like you know some big grand entrance like there was a, there was a puzzle in a in a room that I did once I completed it he burst through the wall like <laughs> yeah. just flat out burst through the wall and that happens in this remake but it happens much more much more dynamically right he even pulls like a like a Kool Aid Man moment uh in one of the rooms on the on yes. the first yeah. floor between like the two flags I can't remember that, what room it was that's the exact one I'm talking about. He he just yeah. bursts through the wall. He does it in the uh, in the prison cells as well. Yeah, if you go to and when you're in oh, the basement, yeah. if you decide if I mean you kind of have to go around instead of going through the gauntlet of all the zombies. Yeah, but when you do, he just you know says fuck it, fuck it, and comes out. The and wall. I, that that goes right into yeah. a cutscene. So it's like in you know, ultimate scripting. This is necessary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but. Anyway, yeah. So in the lobby, like you know, he comes after me, and I I, I went through the um the west office, you know, where you have to do the the puzzle with the locks of their first name or their first initials and everything. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um. Well, yeah. I went I went to that west hallway, and I'm just running away. I'm just trying to get it the fuck away from him. Bust through the door, and the whole time I was playing with headphones because oh, yeah. when it comes, especially when it comes to a horror game, I like to really, really immerse myself. Headphones, full volume. Burst through that door, and I hear the loudest screech from a liquor as soon as I open the door. <laughs> yeah, I can't tell you how many times I screamed while playing this game. <laughs> Same, and jumped like out of my seat. And I love how they put, like, you start, this is one of the great things about these old school Resident Evil games is the level design and how, and gaming in general, when you go back to that day and age is how these levels were designed so that as you went back and forth, you started to really learn, you know, everything, the layout of everything, where items were, where enemies were. Yeah. And I love how for a good chunk of the game, the enemies, it's the same enemies as you go back and forth through these different areas. But I love how about like halfway through, they just change it up and just insert enemies rent like so for instance what is it the weapons cache normally when you first are going through that area in your initial playthrough it's just uh, zombies but as you get later in your playthrough you'll be just running out that door you think you killed all the zombies they put liquors in there mm-hmm. later on in the, the game and you have no fucking idea i ran into that hallway thinking because i wiped that hallway out I, I ran into it right. thinking nothing of it and there's a liquor there yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's just it's it's a really small thing but genius just from a game design perspective on that part yeah and on hardcore mode they put two liquors there oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah yeah i'm in the middle of my hardcore playthrough i you don't tell me that delilah <laughs> <laughs> 
And then when Mr. X is chasing you down that hallway towards the save point right there, like you got it's it's crazy. That save point right under the staircase was like my saving grace. Like I use that the dark room you're talking about. Yeah, yes, yeah. The dark room. <laughs> it's like probably my most common my <laughs> exactly. most common safe space to go into and, and, and get away from the travesties of Mr. X. Yes. It's also the worst one with Mr. X because he just I don't know why it is with that one save room, but I feel like I can never wait him out because he just goes back and forth down that hallway right next to it. So I'm just yeah. sitting there for like ten minutes. It's listening to his footsteps. Or he's always yeah, in that, that that like stairwell right above you. Yes, yes. Trolling, waiting for you to come out. That that just reminds me, like one. I mean, he obviously looks terrifying, just staring at him. But it, the sound design in this game, like the footsteps, is what really makes him even more terrifying. Because you can hear him when he's up above you. Mm-hmm. You can hear him when he's down the hallway, and it just you hear the doom. Do, do, just get a lot closer and closer and then you hear the chains on his like I don't even know where they are but they're <laughs> somewhere on his body it's like it's just like it's terrifying and then the music happens and it's like Jason Voorhees like horror run away yeah, oh that, God, and, and that music I, I don't know about you guys that music does an excellent job of making me feel just so uncomfortable yeah oh yeah that like sound that, that yeah oh god I feel so gross every time I hear that yeah, my heart yeah, no. starts pumping like crazy. Oh, it's so nasty, but it, it does such a good job at stressing you yeah. right the fuck out. And and I think the best part about that that atmosphere and that tone is that unlike the past few Resident Evils, from Resident Evil 4 onward, they were able to maintain it throughout the entirety of the game. So even when you're at the end in the you know sci-fi laboratory area, like the fucking, uh, I forget what, what they're called, the plant guys with like the fungi mm-hmm. things on them. The that shoot off. I IVs, that's what they're called. Like, those things freak me out almost as much as uh, the regenerators in oh, 4. okay. They don't up until one of them grabs me, and then I, like, see their faces up close, or or even I, I died to one because I didn't have a sub-weapon, and it grabbed me, yeah. and it, like, just ate mm-hmm. my face. Mm-hmm. That was pretty nasty. Yeah. Also, to double back to the original a little bit, the ivies in this game, compared to, like, the weird plant monsters we had in the original, like, it makes a lot more sense now. Yeah, Because yeah. they were just weird walking plants before yeah oh and i also will add when, when it comes to the sewers in the remake i'm so happy they got rid of the giant spiders <laughs> as a severe arachnophobe that even in the original i got freaked the fuck out when i saw the giant tarantulas just patrolling the sewers thank god they got rid of them for this remake so i love spiders man I would have felt bad about killing them. They uh they they replaced them instead with those weird nasty globby yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> like what else like what else do you call them? They're just nasty globby things. Yeah, exactly. I don't even know their official I, name, I, but I, it's that in was the disgusting. model viewer and I was and once I saw it I was like, "Oh, okay, but I don't remember what it is." It's some sort of, you know, G virus related name. Yeah, it's like a it's blur got a big, zombie. big eye. That's all you need. You got a giant eye and a big massive. And it gives birth. G virus. Yeah. Yeah. A weird tube that it has for an arm. I don't even. I, I don't. It, really gross. But yeah. thank God it's not giant spiders for me at least. I don't, like you know, <laughs> if you if you're not an arachnophobe like me, maybe you don't. Maybe maybe these gross you out more than a giant spider would. I think so. Yeah. 
I I can't deal with spiders. I actually felt I actually felt that those things, the big, we'll just call them globs. I actually felt that they were probably the least scary enemies for me, just because I felt like I could avoid them fairly easily. They were the least scary, just they were gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They. The problem with them is they, they just took, you know, a lot of my really strong ammo to kill and they took up so much space that I I couldn't really sneak past one if I had to. Most of them I had to wind up getting rid of just to get mm. by. Yeah, especially when you had to go to the chess piece puzzle yeah. and there's like a very narrow area to go through and you yeah. can't go back. You have to go forward. That was and there's like that was the three one of area them. where like the levels were designed so that you couldn't avoid them. Mm-hmm. But other than that. I kind of just ran around them. Yeah. And and on top of that, survival horror, that's been a fluctuating genre in terms of is it really horror? Is it really survival? What survival horror means to you might differ person to person. But for the most part, a lot of people, you know, chase that dragon of having limited resources. And this game did a good job of constantly making you use what you have at your disposal and, and needing to scavenge for, like, you know, gunpowder to make more bullets because you're going to need them. Mm-hmm. And they balance the item placement perfectly. Yeah, my first playthrough, I ran out of ammo quite a lot. I wasn't even wasting it on Mr. X. I was wasting a lot of it on just getting rid of every enemy. But mm-hmm. those zombies are like bullet sponges even to the head. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, from what I remember of the old one, they weren't bully sp- bullet sponges. No, pretty much like five bullets would kill anything yeah Yeah, it varies from zombie to zombie it's like an rng and i could like kill a liquor with two shotgun shells in the original right nowadays it's like yeah if you see a liquor fucking get ready (laughs) right even even if you burn those fuckers they still come after you Mm -hmm. like sometimes you might get lucky most of the time nah yeah so here's the thing. I did my hardcore playthrough right after my S rank. So I had the unlimited ammo gun and I was like mowing down everything because I wanted to see what it was like to play that game, clearing out every single thing, like every liquor, every zombie. Mm-hmm. And it's impossible because there was one zombie that her head was exploded off, which is your indication that that zombie's dead. And when I came back around, she was alive. So (laughs) it's, like, impossible to clear them out. They're always going to respawn somehow. Even with the, like, boarded-up windows and stuff like that, they'll come back. Hardcore doesn't play around. I think it's purposefully purposefully designed like that. Yeah. It's very possible. What did we think of the puzzles? They're so old school, but I love them. (laughs) Yeah. One might say they are kind of easy, but I don't think that's really the point. I think the point of the puzzles, rather than being hard or easy in and of themselves, is to force you to move around the levels and kind of have to plan how you're going to move around the levels. And I feel like they did a really good job of accomplishing that. Yeah, because back to your point earlier, you know, you're moving around that map and while you're doing it, you're learning it. Mm -hmm. Yes. At this point, that map is is, it's like tattooed on my brain. I know it really really well from not not just from repeated playthroughs but from how it's structured you you find the statue that needs the three medallions which thank god they made that harder because it used to only be one mm. right you need to find these three medallions okay well you, you come and you find another statue that's behind a wall and there's uh some c4 there okay so i need a detonator you find the detonator oh i need a batter for the detonator yeah and then you're you're constantly going through the map finding the next room that you can actually access and then there might be a key in that one that lets you get into other rooms the the, the puzzles don't really lie in just in solving them because solving them is easy it's like for the most part it's 
you get an item, you put it in the slot and it works. Yeah. I think the harder part about it is, is like managing your inventory, especially my first playthrough. I didn't use the storage box. So I had to like really be careful about what I picked up and what I didn't pick up. And that was the harder part, like finding the battery and the other piece and like making sure I had enough room for them, knowing that I also had to pick up the medallion. Right. Exactly. There were, there were some puzzles that, you know, were actual puzzles and and, kind of, you know, were challenging. I mean, it's like, it's like you got a book and you know there are three slots you got to fill it's like you got the two pictures oh no it doesn't have the third picture and i know there are three choices how am i gonna figure it out yeah but like you know again that's not the point like you were just saying you just wanted to detail it's about the level design and pushing you through the levels and in a world where i am quite frankly nauseous with all the fucking open world games that (laughs) i don't i don't care it's not even that i'm tired of them i just i don't care about open world games like they they bore me at this point this is not only refreshing it's like restores my faith that there are good game designers out there yeah my favorite sort of level design has always been connected (laughs) linear worlds like dark souls and and i felt like this was like that and a lot more connected than what i ever remember in the resident original resident evil 2 i feel like there were a lot more like entrances and exits before where like you know if you went through the star's office there was well not the star's office the east office maybe there was like another way to exit whereas before i felt like there were less doors to open yeah, or something I, like that i believe yeah. there were two different like there were there were like three different exits to go to like different areas from that office there were a bunch of elevators from the sewers that went to different staircases yeah i really like that i love connected worlds yeah and it's all it's it, it's like it's like a giant maze mm-hmm. it's like a giant mm-hmm. maze and and you're and you're just finding your way around to to where you need to go i really liked i really really liked like the locks and the safes and stuff and i wish there was more of them i don't know i don't know what it was it was like i get i get, i found a safe i didn't know the combination so i'm like you know just going through the motions and eventually i find a note that has some sort of backstory behind why that safe is in its location or what here here's the combination but we can't just give you the combination we got to give you a reason to give you the combination right For some reason i ate that shit up yeah i, yes. I thought it was really really rewarding and creative i don't it's it's such a dumb little thing thing but i liked it i liked it yeah. so so much or you had it to like you find feel... the film and then yes. put it in the dark room to see the picture yeah and... which did you guys get the like extra weapon parts oh yeah i yes okay. yeah yeah i got them all i would not move on from any given area until i saw all blue on all of those yes yeah. on my yeah. on my first playthroughs at least repeat playthroughs when you're especially when you're trying to go for s rank you need to beat it under a certain time frame you, you can't get everything because yeah. you're just gonna waste too much time but uh real real quick going back to just what you were saying about the notes i was the same way and i'm almost never like that like where i go through and read all the fucking like lore notes and and stuff that come through in a game like this and i think it was just because it added a factor of immersion Mm -hmm. where you felt like you were actually part of in that world that just kind of sucked me in and and made it so that again like you just said wouldn't go through without without making the room blue i think i think there's really two factors to it you you didn't really ever have to spend time looking for them you know you'd walk in you'd walk into a room and there'd be a note right there on the table right. you didn't have to like go digging in the corners or, or look, going out of your way to find them mm-hmm. they were there presented to you right there in your face there's that and there's also the brevity of pretty much every note that you were given they weren't overly long they didn't tell you uh, a novel it was it was brief and to the point 
because that's what a, a small scribbled on note would be, you know, it, it, it would just be a couple lines to really nail in what happened in that room or at that moment when it was Same written. with the video cassettes that you find. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like three seconds of security footage that just it gives you that much more of the story, which is it's perfect. It was done perfectly. Yeah, yeah. for sure. In addition to the room turning blue when you got all the items, like if you pass an item that you couldn't pick up at that moment because you didn't have enough inventory space, it marked it as an icon on the map. And I thought that was really helpful because oh, I... towards the end, I went OCD and had to pick up everything that was there. I, lo- I love that so much for, you know, not necessarily my first one, but any repeats so that it would mark it on it would mark it on the map if I, if I didn't pick it up. And if it was worth picking up, I would know what's in that room if I needed to go back and get it. If I and and, and just it, it helped me make a judgment call. I didn't have to like remember. Oh, there's um some handgun ammo in that room. It was there. It it told me. Yeah. That. And if I didn't need it, I knew right off the bat, like, I don't have to go check and see what's in that room. I already know what's in there and I don't need it. And you also knew what you could discard because a little red check mark, which was extremely helpful. Oh, yeah, that's that's like still a, that's, that's a pretty good mainstay. You used to be told after using it for the last time that you could discard it, which you could make the argument that's a little better uh, quality of life. You use it for the last time and it immediately tells you, hey, you can get rid of this. Do you, do you want to rather mm-hmm. than having to go in and, and delete it yourself? But right. I, it, it doesn't really matter. It's still it's still a handy feature and I'm glad they kept it. We talked about a little bit about the uh, the weapon parts. I thought it worked well. You know, I'm always going to say that I wanted some Mr. Merchant yeah. <laughs> to pop up in here. It, w- it would have been not necessarily the merchant himself, but like if like, say, on one of the safes, he was like the logo for the safe company that makes the safes. But um, a nod would have been cute. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and I do miss that. But yeah, no, I, I do believe the weapon system. It was it was balanced. I liked how it was almost a, it, it was a completely different arsenal from each character mm-hmm. which helped diversify the playthroughs yeah and about the only thing that diversified the playthroughs besides yeah. those like alternative segments with ada mm-hmm. or sherry yeah exactly but the weapons felt great the upgrades i felt did have not as much of an impact as i would have liked but an imp- they did have an impact yeah no i and i agree it's certain weapons more so than others i'd say i i think of Fully upgrading Leon's base handgun was super rewarding. Getting that, getting that Matilda with the muzzle brake, the 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 stock, the extended mag, that completely transformed that gun into something vastly more useful. Mm-hmm. Right. Other weapons, maybe not so much. The suppressor, for instance, on Claire's, uh, uh, was, it was either an Uzi or a submachine gun, but like that's one upgrade that like made a huge difference because mm-hmm. obviously like it detracts from. It doesn't draw the attention of, like, lickers and shit, which is extremely helpful. Right. Yeah. But then, like, I don't think, like, any of the upgrades for the shotgun were really, really did anything of use. Not that I remembered or any. The shotgun was OP from the beginning. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the most useless one uh, to me was was probably the stock for the grenade launcher. Yeah. Because, you know, it, it narrows that big circle that you're using to aim. But really, chances are you're not having that many issues aiming with a grenade launcher. There were, I don't even remember what the upgrade did for the that crazy electric like giant ass taser gun oh yeah that you get it did some claire's run it did something with the uh 
it did something with the maximum you know charge you could give it or something like that i i don't quite remember either it which i guess I is a know. testament a bit to uh kind of its impact on gameplay it didn't really do much oh. yeah yeah it's like screw that just that minigun that you get at the <laughs> very very end contrast to that that regulator you get for the flamethrower did wonders because because mm-hmm. yes, when yes. i first got that flamethrower you know i was burning fuel like it was nobody's business right. so right. that definitely helped with that but yeah i it, it, this was a Fitting upgrade system, it's a little weird that, hey, Leon, it's your first day. Open your desk. Oh, here you go. You get an extended mag. It's like, <laughs> that's, that's a really weird gift. <laughs> Even worse, when you're playing through as Claire, congrats, Leon, it's your first day. Here you go. It's a speed reloader for a revolver. <laughs> it must have been really convenient for Claire. Oh, look, I have that. Uh, speaking of, of revolvers, e- each character got like their own exclusive additional handgun in their B scenario and I thought both of them were totally useless. Yeah. And and the worst part about that was that was like the only handgun ammo the game would give you in the B mm-hmm. scenario. So it's like if you wanted regular handgun ammo for their base handgun, you had to craft it. But it's yep. like that means yeah. not saving gunpowder for your shotgun or grenade launcher or your submachine gun versus Leon's whatever his... Oh, the Magnum. I think it's kind of designed that way though because like thinking back on it, I uh, I played Leon first and then Claire and thinking back on it, I felt way more powerful as Leon than Claire. But I think it was kind of designed that way where when you start off with claire's campaign like all of a sudden all you got is this shitty ass revolver granted towards the end of claire's campaign i felt way op because mm-hmm. i just i i mean at that point i had learned this how to systematically build up my ammunition how to strategically move through the game without wasting my resources and by the time i got to the end of claire's campaign at the very end of the game you know i had shit ton of grenades from my grenade launcher i had all these electronic whatever you want to call them for the giant ass taser that i wasn't using <laughs> you know i i had like 300 rounds for my smg it was it was just madness yeah yeah um so i think it's kind of designed that way uh whether for good or ill you know that's kind of up to you yeah did you guys notice in the West office where it says, welcome, Leon, there was like, and not, there were two L's, I guess, and one of them was on the the desk. I don't know if in the original it was like, welcome with two L's, and that was like a mistake. No, I, I don't think that they, I think that was all really added too, because, you know, they they really leaned into, you know, how how much the the department was like looking forward to Leon coming and right. in in this remake, I mean, they, like the between, you know, the decorations in the office, uh, the little puzzle to get a, like a welcome gift at his desk, the note where it explains that puzzle and it has scribbled on there saying like, be lucky you're not here, rookie. <laughs> yeah. Even with his orientation or his um his welcome letter that he had in his possession, like when he started, it just uh, I, th- I think this really leaned into that a hell of a lot more than the original ever did or, or tried to. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like. It was as if it was spelled welcome perfectly, right? But there was an extra L that was on the floor as if in the old game they spelled welcome 
wrong by accident with two L's instead of one L. I guess what I'm saying is I don't remember there being any decorations. Oh, yeah, okay. that, that's kind of what okay. I'm getting at. You know, I don't I don't remember okay, there being gotcha. that, that. I guess that level of detail. Given the original camera angles, I don't think you would have even seen that. Right. The original. And, I, and what yeah. I was going to say is probably more so, like, if anything, limitations. There's only yeah. so much that they could render or, or show with, like, the PS1 hardware. So might not have had that level yep. of detail or even tried to reach that level of detail. Doubling back to, to the scenarios, and, and Jason, you mentioned that, uh, the or maybe it was Delilah that mentioned, like, the only thing to really differentiate the two playthroughs other than Arsenal is, is that Ada and Sherry segment. Did you guys find it disappointing how similar, like, playing through Leon A and Claire A or even the B scenarios, did that feel disappointing to you? Because I kind of, I, I sort of expected just a little bit more in, in terms of differentiation. Yeah. yeah, it's like once you left that first area, it was almost pretty much the same. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was a little disappointed. It, it's, uh, I'm going to play the game a lot of times anyway, so it's fine because I enjoy the game. But if it wasn't for that, I, I would have not wanted to play A, B, A, B for both Leon and Claire. Yeah, I think the saving grace is definitely how different their arsenals are. But aside from that, I agree that they are very much, for all intents and purposes, almost the same. If it wasn't for those added elements, particularly like the orphanage and the changes made to the final area, the what do you call it? the umbrella lab? lab. Yeah. yeah, if it wasn't for those uh, and the arsenal, it, uh, yeah, I wouldn't have wanted to play again. But given how good everything else was, and and I really did like the the differences between the weapons that the two of them had, uh, so it, it varied it up enough for me to kind of be willing to overlook it. Mm-hmm. What really helped for me is just, I mean, Delilah can definitely talk to this as some someone else that's probably played through the game, you know, at least three or four times at this point. Mm-hmm. How how fast you could get through a single playthrough. I was pretty much doing a, a playthrough a night. Nice. Right. Yeah. You know, I'd come, I'd come home, I'd, I'd, I'd start one, and I'd be done with it before I went to bed, because it would only take, you know, once you know the game really well. My, my first playthrough with Leon took somewhere around six and a half hours. Uh, Claire B took around five and a half, and then I was pumping out those like three hour playthroughs. I'm like, you know, yeah, yeah. One one of the trophies it's like doing it in like, I think one of the trophies is for doing it in like under three or two and a half hours or something like that. It's three for per scenario A and two for scenario B on standard yeah. difficulty. Specifically, the I I don't think there's any trophies tied to uh, completion time but there's one for tied to like you know it's it's footsteps it's well there's footsteps. the footsteps one which is yeah yeah which was fun but you can get but, but the, you can get said, the s rank one without the footsteps and the s rank it, it requires it's just a yeah, time thing. that that i yeah i was yeah. i was gonna correct myself and the the s rank would be would would account for time since uh i think on standard it's three and a half hours you have to to finish I think hardcore is scenario two and a half. A. Yeah, scenario yeah. A. Yeah, the, the, just how quickly you can get through a single playthrough of that game really helps. I've played through it five times already, and those were all like mm-hmm. one after another because I, I wasn't getting yep. tired of it. Like I, I, I yeah. wasn't really getting sick of of playing through the game. I'm I'm still not, but I 
I I recognized, you know, after five playthroughs, maybe I should go and and do some other things. <laughs> and, and I'll, yeah, I'll come back to Yeah, I definitely want to go back to it though, for sure. I miss it already. Yeah, especially especially with the additional content, you know, that they've been coming out with and God, I got addicted to that one uh I mean, we'll get into this in a little bit, but that one mode, the Forgotten Soldier or whatnot. Oh, Fourth, uh, uh, fourth Survivor? You, the one where you play as... It was the first thing before they released all the additional DLC. Hunk? Uh, yeah, you're talking about Hunk. Were you, yes, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I, I got hard. addicted to that for... It is hard. So, that's hard. Did we? Did, did you guys find that... What did you find... Did, how did you feel about the the difficulty of the actual game? Like, or the, the game proper, I should say. Was it balanced? And and specifically, what I want to talk about, we something we haven't really touched on much is, is the boss fights. I haven't played hardcore yet, so I, I can't judge that. I will say that it's I felt like it struck a really really good balance, leaning more to the difficult side, which I liked. In terms of the boss fights, leaving aside you know the general pervasive Mister X, uh, which I feel like is more of a gameplay element than necessarily a boss, until obviously the end of you know, your Leon run. Right. I, I felt like they could have done with maybe adding one or two bosses. I felt like what they had, I think, was pretty well done. It was pretty well designed. I felt like they maybe should have added one or two more. I, I don't know what it would have been, but... Yeah, and I think I think part of the problem is, you know, how do you, how do, you do that organically? Yeah, yeah. When, when you're going I, through... Yeah. When you're going through a... Uh, we'll ostensibly just call it a, a, a mansion... They they oh the, another thing to add is they did they did kind of explain why the police department is so non police departmenty. Yeah, it used to be a it used to be a museum. <laughs> it's like okay, that makes sense. Thank you for explaining yeah. that. But it, it, we can call it a mansion. It's it basically is a mansion. How do you fit boss fights into into something like that? And I think oh, the yeah. way they managed to do with what the, with the bosses that they did do it with, you know, they did pretty well. And I feel like they had so much variety of enemies that, like, the liquors yeah. and the, the ivy were, like, mini-bosses in their own right. So that's why I was okay with, like, fighting the G guy for, like, what was it, two two boss fights? Three. Um, with him? I think, yeah. Three. It was three, really. Yeah, there's, there's the, the, the first one where you go into, uh, the first one when you first meet him. And that's also when you first meet like Sherry and or Ada, depending on who you're playing as. There's that second one with the crane, which that that personally is is probably my favorite of the of the fights that you do. Just because I, I think it, yeah. I think it's yeah. creative. It wasn't just shoot him until he's dead. It was shoot him until he staggered and then hit him with a fucking crane. I thought right. I, yeah. I, I thought that was well done. And then there's the, the the last, the final confrontation, you know, when he goes all super nasty. I guess technically four if you're playing through is Claire because her her it's her final it's her final boss right. on the um on the lift. And then five times if you're doing a B scenario and it's on the train, you know, and he just becomes a giant yep. nasty glob with an eye and bones, just yeah, fucking I disgusting. <laughs> I felt like that uh, the one where you're, you're, you know, the three or four one where you're in that pit in the umbrella yeah. lab. Uh, I felt like that one was was my favorite and the best done just because of how difficult it could get. Yeah. Depending on how you, because it somehow ended up that every time I was going into it, I had no healing items. <laughs> I was at low health and was low on ammo. 
it just somehow ended up like that every time. So I basically had to plan how I was going to avoid him to run around and find where all the ammo that I needed was around that stage. That one is absolutely the hardest, especially because his reach was so far. Yes. Like, he can whack you from across the map, and then he, like, grabs objects and throws it across the room, and it will always hit you if you're not hiding, like, within the... I feel like it was, like, an X formation, yeah, Yeah, and you had to hide, like, behind a wall, sort of. I mean, he looked the coolest, too, like, I think. He had that weird, skinless face. It was gross. Although his, his his human face... Kind of look like uh, that guy talking about Resident Evil Five again. That uh, that guy on the boat oh, that shoots himself you... up and then becomes this. I don't even monster. remember what his. <laughs> what was I don't his even name? remember what his name was. <laughs> Man, but he's like laughing as he turns into a fucking like yeah, he sea had monster like a that weird... you gotta shoot up with him. He had like gun. a weird skeevy voice. I know, I know who you're talking about. I just can't remember what his name was. The face. The face, though, like just looked exactly the same <laughs> as if they pulled the character. The model. same. Yeah, so I was kind of laughing. The same bad haircut. <laughs> yes, Everything. exactly. And I, 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 you wanted to talk about some of the extras, the uh, like fourth survivor, Jason. So let's let's talk about some of the extra content. Well, I haven't even gotten into the DLC yet. Now they're now um, they're about, and I, 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 really I kind of don't feel the need to go into the DLC because a they're what if scenarios, right. b they're not being part of the a and b. They're not really part of like the main game proper. It's really what I want to get to today. So like that aside, yeah. I still th- feel there's plenty to talk about. Like and I, I, like even just like costumes, the model viewer, those extra challenges. Uh, Delilah and I can you know we could talk your ears off for hours about trophies. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. just to make a point, the DLC was pretty much just arcadey. You like it had like cool music in the background, and you were timed and. You fight. You basically have to fight your way from the sewer all the way back up through the man. Basically through the mansion, all the way up through the third floor, and uh, it's not on a timer. Oh, are you talking about Fourth Survivor? I don't remember. Well, Fourth Survivor yeah, it, is part it, of the game. The fourth Survivor is similar to the DLC in that way that you're running through oh, like hordes okay. of zombies and like you have to like rush through you can't just like shoot everyone like there's like hordes of zombies liquors like mr x even comes at one yeah, point yeah. so it's and very you have, and you have limited ammo the very it, limited it, ammo it, it starts you off with everything that you're going to get for the whole thing and that i found super addictive especially because like i kind of you know wish they had had something like a mercenaries mode because I fucking uh, love mercenaries, but this is this is somewhat close. Yeah, I'm like totally in the minority. I know this, but I I've never liked mercenaries. Ah, uh, dude, go to I've, hell. I've I've, <laughs> I've never I've never found mercenaries fun, and I'm I'm pretty cool with it not being in this game. But yeah, and then you know, fourth survivor. You know, a lot of people were really happy that that made its return and it's, and also um i don't know if you guys have played tofu survivor Mm-mm, i didn't get to mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's I, I it's pretty much the same thing it's just you're playing as a block of tofu and you have right. a, yeah. th- this time they added uh, multiple different characters as, as weird as that is to say about blocks of tofu that all have yeah. different loadouts that you can start out with which is which is really cool it's like paying homage to what was there originally and, and still adding new things for you to enjoy i spent way too much time in the model viewer personally <laughs> i 
think that those extra challenges they give you, you know, a lot of them are tied to trophies, but a lot of them are also just extra challenges. Like there's one for dismembering a a zombie, like just shoot off its arms and legs and it's still alive. Just have it as a torso. And that unlocks something. Yeah, or doing the puzzles (laughs) within a certain amount of time and stuff like that. Which for that science lab puzzle with the stupid tubes, like that shit was really hard. Yeah. (laughs) And like I I, I just love that. You you unlock a model that you can just go into the model viewer and and zoom in. It even has animations you can play and 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 that's true of like even the characters, the player characters, and you get different models of those. I I I thought that was super just it, it it's just a nice little feature I, and yeah, i spent way too much time in it here's a question i want to ask going about the dlc not not about the dlc that we got but about what might be the future of this game do you think we're still going to get more dlc either either free or paid personally i'd like to i'd like to see we all know ada survives i'd like to see like a downloadable thing where you play as her escaping that lab how do you guys feel do you think that could work I do. They do. I mean, that's what they did, uh, if I remember correctly. For Well, for 4, it came as part, if I remember correctly, of the PS2 edition. There was that Ada... Um, obviously, back then, it wasn't DLC, but it was like a, an add-on mission. It was, it was like an that, exclusive thing for the PlayStation release. That was uh, Separate yeah. Ways? Yeah. Which was like a mini-campaign as Ada. And I don't, you know, I just want like a... Like a brief something where you play as her again and escape the lab i think that would be cool yeah it would really amplify how well this game is doing in in expanding its lore and and showing more of the scenario than we originally got absolutely or even going into the story of the father and the child and like how they got to where they are Mm -hmm. um i forget his name you know his name Robert Kendo. It? Yeah, there you go. I don't know if they. I don't know if they would do that just because they also did. They they did a uh, one of the Ghost Survivor stories was about him, right? Yes. Yes. Oh. oh okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's already there, and it's there for free. That's that's the thing, and the reason that I unfortunately don't think we'll see much more in terms of like gameplay chunks like that, unless of course they decide to start charging for the DLC. I don't think they'll do much more for free. I mean, and and that's very possible. I I I see it mostly as yeah, it, it's kind of just like a pipe dream. But I think it would really show their goodwill, I guess, of of how much they're willing yeah, to even I would, support. I would love for it to happen. Yeah. Yeah. All right. One of the uh, I have a few uh, last big questions that I want to throw out there. Mm-hmm. Assuming we're done talking about the game, well, for the most part, at least. You, Delilah, you played the the original a long time ago. Jason, you played you know, a little bit, I think. R two, yeah. Do we feel that uh that this kind of supersedes that? Do you really f- see any reason to go back to the original, or does this kind of just take over its place? I feel like it would be hard to go back to the original at this point. I don't think it would be successful if they tried. Maybe if they did like a little like movie oh, I mostly mode or mean, something. What I what I really mean is is you personally going back or someone that wants to get into the series for the first time. Do you think that they should just play this remake or or is there value in also playing the original game? Is there value in any of us playing the original game anymore? No. Or does this kind of take it over? It takes it over. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I guess I, I I agree in the sense that I feel about this game the same way I feel about 
the Lord of the Rings extended edition versus the originals. <laughs> like, there's, I, you, you can't you can't go back and watch the originals once you watch the extended editions. But uh, that being said, I do think it has value in, in in the sense that like going back and playing the original OG Metal Gear Solid. Like a lot of people would say, you know, outdated gameplay, and it is frustrating at times to play. But it is worth it to kind of get a sense of, especially with Resident Evil, when people talk about how the series has been evolving, kind of see what people mean when they talk about classic survival horror. Because this does, there are still differences between this and what we might consider classic survival horror, fixed camera angles and the like. Although you could really just play Resident Evil 1 remake if you want to. Talk about fixed camera angles. Yeah, yeah. And, and to add on to that, I think the fact that this is so drastically different from the original, it, it, it almost adds to the value of the original. Because you're getting a completely different experience. It's the same, same basic story, same basic characters and everything, but just how different the two games are, it's, it, I still feel it's worth it for anybody new or old of the series to go back and play that original game i would say much more so than the, the first resident evil and the and the first remake i feel those games are so so similar and and the remake of the first one does so much better that it doesn't make it worth going back to that to that original first game because just of how uh, how much that remake doesn't necessarily it just improves on everything not necessarily changing all that much i feel like the only thing that's really worth going back to in the first one is the fixed camera angles because the way you tackle the zombies are so drastically different but otherwise in terms of storytelling and graphics obviously i feel like resident evil 2 remake does everything better but that old school like like camera angle i I think is something that can't be repeated nowadays right although i prefer the over the shoulder but you know it's still it's a very dynamic the last question I want to ask you guys: What's next? Is Resident, Resident Evil Resident Evil Three? Right. Well, okay, but let's <laughs> let's let's evaluate the trend here. Okay, we got Resident Evil Two remake top of twenty nineteen. We had Resident Evil Seven top of twenty seventeen. Mm. So in two years, Resident Evil Eight maybe. Yeah, I wonder. Um, before that, Resident Evil One remake. Huh. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't the year before, but. It was a few years before. It was, well, it was many, many years ago. It it was many, many years ago wasn't, that it was remade. There, hold on, what's there were? I thought there were two remakes of them. There was a. It was a remaster of the. It was a remaster of that remake. Oh, okay. It was a. It was a remake master or a remaster make. <laughs> then I'm. I w- then I'm. Then I'm just a fucking idiot because <laughs> when that remaster came out on the PS4. I thought it was a a remake of the remaster, so I completely flipped it. It's a remaster of the remake because I never played. <laughs> I never played that original remake. That's also okay. Worth, so that makes all, more that's, sense. That's a hundred percent worth playing, but that's for another episode. So in two years, yeah, do do we think we're gonna get the next the next Resident Evil or the next remake of a Resident Evil game? I just don't know where they would go with eight at this point. Like, I felt like the Baker story was so self-contained, and maybe it's because I'm not remembering how it ended. 
but I, I don't see how much further. And I don't well, want to. De- I don't want to delve into will, how. But... I don't want to delve into how that one so, ended. Just because we're spoiling two, the, not the seven. DLC. The DLC explains the a DLC, lot and goes in directions. Yeah. Okay, I didn't play the DLC. It, basically, without like going into too many details, the Baker's son—I forget his name—the one that like plays all the Joker-esque mind games yeah. with you, Josh, um, Jake, or something. He's ba- he was basically working for. I don't think it's technically Umbrella. I think it's a big company, a big that's corporation, basically Umbrella. It could be Umbrella. Yeah. It might not be Umbrella. There is a link there. They found ways to tie and, and continue it, but they 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 could also you know, as far as where to go with the big picture. Seven had almost no ties to the big picture. You mm-hmm. had a totally new protagonist. You had a totally new you know set of characters. They could very well do that with eight. Find loose ways to tie it in, but have even more a, a new threat, a new set of characters. You know, they could keep doing that. And personally, I think that's what I think that's what we're we're gonna get next. Uh, as much as I want to see a remake of three, and I do think we're going to get that eventually. I think I think Capcom's going to start a pattern here, and they're going to keep the ball rolling. The, the, this enormous success ball that they've got uh, on on the track. That uh, they're, they're gonna they're gonna keep that going and and give us a give us just keep going with this new this new chapter in in the series' history. But you I, think Resident oh, Evil sorry. Eight would be first? Yeah, I th- I think I think that's the okay. next thing we get. If not, if not, just some, I don't know. I, hopefully, we don't get another Umbrella Core. But yeah. sorry, Jason. No, 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 no. I I agree with Mark in that I think they're gonna move forward with the main mainline series and create another installment. Um, I think that's kind of a given because remaking three is going to be a much more expansive project than remaking one or two for the simple reason that a most of that game takes place not indoors in like tight corridors but outside on city streets it's like everything we didn't explore in resident evil 2 is what we explore in resident evil 3 which is the which is the city itself yeah and it there's in the original game, they started introducing in that game more actiony elements. Yeah. Like, like if I remember correctly, Nemesis could like shoot fucking wrist missiles at you, <laughs> and there, there was like a you had like a dodge button and other sort of stuff like that. So they would kind of have to, I think, redesign certain gameplay elements. I think the a more interesting question is: Will with Resident Evil Eight? Will they stick with the first-person perspective or use this new over-the-shoulder, like, perfected hybrid that they kind of have achieved with Remake 2? That's a great question. I think, I think, I think still first-person. I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna go back and forth between, between third-person for Remake and and first-person for, for new chapters to the series. I, 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 I felt that making seven go go first person was a bold move but a, a one that paid off and it also made a lot more sense for vr so if they plan to stick with the vr thing they'll definitely have to stick with the first person i think Oof. and you know what since i got my psvr i haven't played seven yet and i can't wait to but i'm also <laughs> i need to give it a little bit of time so i forget 
some of the game so that when I go in, I'm, I there's at least a little bit of surprise for me there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if they if they did do another um, another VR shtick, uh, first person would be the way to keep it. I don't know, man. You know, it, it's funny. It's not. I really did love Resident Evil Seven. The yeah, that was 2018. I mean, if it wasn't for 17, I'm 27. I'm sorry, it was the it was the end of 2017, right? The beginning. beginning. It came out was it January. The oh my god, the years are <laughs> fucking running together. That's true. Do, do you need a calendar, I'm Jason? Old, man. <laughs> I'm almost 30, man. Get get out of here. I'm getting old. <laughs> Then yeah, if it was twenty seventeen, that was that was my favorite game of that year. Um and I did really love the the first person perspective. I, I don't really know which one I, I would favor. Like I wouldn't mind either. Yeah. I think they're they're gonna um, go back and forth, you know. I because I, 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 I think it was successful, I think it really paid off and they can they can do both. They can they can do both really well, so why not give us both? It works for new characters that like aren't part of the canon. You know, you you can't do like a first person game where you play as Leon Kennedy right. or Claire Redfield or Chris. That would Redfield definitely or... that would definitely be weird. Yeah, I agree. But like the fact that we were playing as a new character that we had no idea who he was in Seven, it basically meant that like we were the protagonist in a way. Yeah, compl- a, a complete newcomer and 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 really just an everyman. So, quick question: Would What's you that? did you find more? Did you find it more terrifying to be chased by Mr. X or Jack Baker? Mr. X, hands down. Yeah. Not, not, no question there. (laughs) No competition. (laughs) No competition. Jack Baker was, Jack Baker was almost more like off-putting. It was almost like a weird combination of watching the Joker in the Dark Knight and, uh, and like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It was... It was it was a different kind of tension, and and you could take him down if you had enough ammo to spare. You know, I'd never really feel that way with Mister X. Yeah, yeah. Like he he walks into a room, I say, "Oh fuck," and I book it. Yeah, totally. Jack walks into a room, I'm like, "All right, old man, do I have to teach you this lesson again?" <laughs> I'm 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 yeah. gonna. Yeah, exactly. Although you can just shoot Mister. One of the things that. Once you realize you can just shoot Mr. X in the head once and then run around him, and you can outrun him like you're always faster than him. Oh, yeah. The, I mean, which is good from a gameplay perspective because it, it is really tense when you're running from him, even though you know that he can't catch up to you. Until you um, play on hardcore. Yeah. He runs. <laughs> I, I, haven't, I haven't played on hardcore yet, so. Dude, he skips like I'll... five stairs. <laughs> Right. It's insane. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to that. And now neither am I. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's safe to say we all liked the game. Love it. Yeah, like like Delilah said, it's probably going to end up being my game of the year. I don't see anything else so far coming out. I think it's a uh, challenge. It. I think it's there for me too. At the, at the very at least thus far, it, it's definitely there. We'll we'll see how the year plays out. We still have. Uh, plenty more months to go in 2019. We still have an E3 to uh, roll around and, and do predictions for. Yes. Which I'll be uh, nagging you guys about when the time comes. But 
as it stands now, I think this is the end of our first episode of Reap the Spoils. Real quick, before we uh, sign off, we can go around the go around the proverbial room and say, what are we playing right now at this current moment in time? I just created my character for Division 2 okay. and then started recording with you guys. Oh, so I can't man. really say anything about that. But right before that, I was playing Devil May Cry 5. And I, that game is surprisingly amazing. Um, Bayonetta three, saying, yeah. it's so good. Like I feel so damn edgy, and it, that RE engine is just beautiful. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, and it's Bayonetta three is gonna have a lot to to do to kind of match that. I feel like now its standards gonna be a lot higher. We're gonna expect a lot more from it because it kept the hack and slashy kind of arcadey style versus like god of war which kind of moved away from it a little bit and was a little more serious this game like sticks with that but it's very good and right before that i platinum anthem oh which uh is not yeah (laughs) platinum anthem already yeah god damn it (laughs) that's what happens when the lad is not in school True. Which I, I liked, uh, contrary to popular belief. I enjoyed that game. It had issues, obviously, but I had a lot of fun. Well, good. Yeah, I liked I liked the demo of Anthem. I did play the demo. I had a lot of uh, technical issues with the demo, and I decided I was just going to wait until like they fixed shit before I dove in, if I dove in at all. Yeah, to me, that's what that game comes off as. It comes off as a wait-and-see wait kind of product. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. Jason, what have you been, uh, what have you been rocking? anything oh this is gonna sound so like this is gonna sound so like out of touch but like six months ago for some reason i decided to uh jump back into overwatch wow and like ever since then i got like really fucking into competitive overwatch (laughs) i mean it's like it's and trying to get my rank up. It's like if I'm not if I haven't been playing either. Well, actually, I think this was after I finished God of War, and then I I got Red Dead, but I only played Red Dead for like two days. I, I'm such a contrarian. I fucking hated Red Dead. Um, <laughs> part of it was because of like I was talking about before. I'm just nauseous with open world games. I also I, I don't understand the appeal of Red Dead to me. I feel like the actual level design and, and like shooting mechanics I feel like are wildly outdated. Ver like I I feel like they should have spent less time designing how to like clean your horse and put it into like gunfight design. But that's just me. It's not a shooter, but that's a whole big can of worms you could open right there. (laughs) We could be here for another two hours talking about that. That's not just that's not just Red Dead. That's Rockstar Games in general. I feel like yeah, Um, that's been a a a pattern with them. But anyway, yeah, I if if I wasn't playing RE2, I was playing Overwatch competitive, and I don't know. It was it was just really fun because I hadn't played for so long. There were like six new characters I didn't even know like added which was pretty fun although i've also like been getting into you know there's a lot of bullshit going around the community just in terms of balance issues and problems with blizzard and all this other shit but and frustrations with the matchmaking and all this other stuff but yeah i don't know i don't know how i got sucked in so hard to overwatch again is mercy still bay um oh mercy's inter- always what do you mean is, is is she well, my is she my main? 
you that was your bay main. <laughs> I'm still so so I'm still a support main. Every <laughs> once in a while I'll play Mercy. Mercy has been mad nerfed. Um yeah. so like her ultimate doesn't res everybody anymore. Yeah. Her ultimate is just like you get to infinitely fly around. Yeah. Instead resing is a one time is a regenerable ability. Yeah. Um I just My- remember after the Omnic event, you were really sprung over her. That's all I'm saying. There's an episode on it if you guys want to go back and yes, see. Yes, <laughs> there is. No, actually, my favorite character is Anna, okay. which is Pharaoh's mom. She's she's basically a, she's a healer as well, but she she heals with a sniper rifle, mm-hmm. and she has a tranquilizer gun, and she's like a 60 year old woman kicking ass. It's pretty it's pretty sweet. Yeah, that's cool. That's um, interesting. I'm actually I'm actually hoping to uh, maybe this weekend actually uh, pick up Devil May Cry Five because I've been hearing lots of good things and now that Delilah has confirmed. Yeah, I kind of regret not jumping in with the deluxe edition because now it's sold out everywhere oh. and uh, can't get that that weird spaghetti fork or uh, the Mega <laughs> Buster. You can the deluxe edition has like some different interesting like arm attachments for Nero and one of them is like a a pasta fork with pasta on it. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, it's, it's, it's cheeky. Your Capcom is on a roll, man. They yes. are. They really are. Yeah. Besides Resident Evil two, I, uh, before that I played and platinumed kingdom hearts three. <laughs> I've also Jason, Jason, did you, did you let it go? Did you let it go? Oh my God. I couldn't Jason. with that moment. I, I hate you. No, Jason, guess what else I've been playing recently? <laughs> Uh, I'm guessing Final Fantasy 14. No, I've been playing Final Fantasy 9. Nice. Oh yeah. Finally how trying you like to it? finally trying to get through it. I, I I would like to tell you how uh how how I'm liking it, but I feel like that would be better spent for a whole other episode on a whole other show that we should start discussing. Oh very yeah, soon. yeah yeah yeah. Yes yes yes. Out of curiosity, how did how did you do in the sword fight? Oh, I got I got in the very nobles. beginning. I mean, awesome. I did it. Re- I did okay. it repeatedly until I got a hundred nobles, but it only took me like maybe two or three tries. You can't be a real man unless you get a hundred nobles. <laughs> every um, every Final Fantasy fan knows that. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But besides that, uh, the other big thing that I've been that I've been playing a lot of is um, with the, the PSVR. Um, roommate talked me into getting Beat Saber. Oh, cool! And that has been my like every other day workout routine. <laughs> Nice. Awesome. Because that is an exhausting but crazy fun game to play and and frankly worth jumping in on VR if you if you haven't yet. But yeah, with that all being said, what do we have in, in terms of uh in terms of social groups? Guys, we haven't done this in a long time, so we have a Facebook group, I believe, yes, Dead Cell Media, which It'll I be... will post on. Yeah, I'll yeah. post on that soon to give people a heads up that we have stuff coming that's a good idea <laughs> we all yeah. have twitter yeah <laughs> yeah we have i'm we just have gonna twitter. i'm just gonna like presage this and let you all know i do have a twitter handle i'm never gonna answer anybody on that twitter handle and these guys will probably be on the facebook because i am terrible at social media so jason jason just wants to be a curmudgeon and, and, and crawl into a hole where he'll play uh um overwatch dude, when <laughs> When Skynet comes, dude, I don't want them to have my shit on Twitter. Okay. Skynet will come. You'll be able Skynet will be able to find my shit on Twitter at Nibelheimian. Be able to find Delilah's shit on Twitter at Assassina 
underscore San. Yes. Underscore yes. Yeah, and and Jason, I'm I'm gonna out you. You're at Solid Quas. Yeah. But we also have the at Dead Cell Media Twitter account, which, you know, we'll get that a little more active, I guess, as well as the Facebook group on Facebook. It should just be Dead Cell Media. We're making a comeback, guys. Yeah. We're going to we're going to whip ourselves back into shape. And it's worth noting that this this show will be once a month, right? Yes. Yes. Sorry. Yes. This 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 will be once a month. Uh, It's a little hard to take like an hour and a half every every week to talk deeply about one single game that we may or may not have played at this moment in time. So yeah, after this publishes, you know, we'll or after 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 this, we'll start thinking of another game. Probably announce that on the social channels just so everyone's you know ready and prepared. And uh, yeah, thank you for joining us and reaping the spoils. This is Mark Sullivan. This is Hugo. Sorry. This is yeah. There we go. It's all right. <laughs> this is Jason Kwasnicki, and we are Dead Cell Media. Yeah, that's okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. GCM for life. All right. <laughs>